Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. Hello, Samantha. Hello. We're back with another fun episode in our Things We Wish We Would Have Known in Our 20s. Yes, we are having so much fun doing all these interviews and we hope you guys are enjoying. And so today we have a very special guest. We have Pauline Bridgman. So welcome. Thanks. Thanks for being on our podcast. We're excited to talk to you. Yes. Guys, you will learn from Pauline that she is super smart. Not only book smart, you will learn more about her, but also just in life. She is a wife and a mother, and she'll tell more about that throughout her story. But we have loved getting to know her. Pauline attends here at our church, The Crossing. And so that's how we got connected with her. But we will let her start just telling her story a little bit. Tell us about what life looks like for you right now, and what are you up to? Let's see. So I'm a stay-at-home mom. Most of the time, I work two mornings a week as a faculty, like a adjunct faculty at the University of Missouri. I'm boarded in internal medicine, pediatrics, and infectious diseases for adults. And That's triple boarded, yeah. everyone, <laughs> if you didn't get that. It's amazing. So I have a great life balance. So I get to work two mornings a week, and then the rest of the time I have free to work on work things, interspersing that with taking care of my family. I have a husband. I've been married for 24 years, and then I have three kids, three daughters. They are ages 17, 15, and 11. There you go. That's That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very busy. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) But you do kind of have a really cool mix of getting to do something that you really, I mean, spend a lot of time training for in your actual occupation, but then also getting to be a mom. And I love that you're passionate about both and get to do Mm -hmm. both pretty well. Yeah, Yeah. that's really great. Well, I know that I've always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. My mom stayed at home with me until I was in fourth grade. And then she went to work with my dad to start a business. So I just remember her being home and that being a really great time in my life. And I really missed her when she went back to work. So I always thought that I would like to do the same, but I got on this track of going to school and somehow I was thought it would work out. And I'm really thankful that it did. Yeah. yeah. Will you tell us a little bit about that, your education history and your schooling and kind of how you ended up triple boarded and working two days a week now and being a mom? Will you go back and kind of tell us about your college experience a little bit? Sure. Well, I grew up in St. Louis and I went to Parkway South because people always want to know that when we grew up in St. Louis. It must be a St. Louis thing because someone was just talking about the parkways on like the other day in my team meeting. But why is that such a thing in St. Louis? I I get confused. It's, yeah, it's funny. We're not from St. Louis. I love it. No idea. Yeah. So, and then I went to Princeton and I studied philosophy there and got involved in the Christian fellowship there. And the staff members at the Christian fellowship were really interesting because they had all all seven of them had gone to Princeton themselves and had gone to seminary afterward and then come back to do ministry at the university. And a couple of them were stay-at-home moms. And that was really amazing to me that mm-hmm. someone who'd gone through so much school would choose to be at home with their family. It was really neat to see and really wonderful to get to be around their families. And it, it just, it made me think again that that was something I really wanted to do. So I finished college. I went to med school at the University of Texas. And I remember talking to my dad after I got accepted to medical school and asking him what he would think about me going to medical school, even if I planned to be a stay-at-home mom. 
And we had known someone when I was growing up who was a PhD in biochemistry who was staying home. And he said, you know, I think you will be like her. I think you'll be a different kind of mom because of the education you've had. So I think you should just go ahead and go to medical school, even if your plan is to stay at home as a mom. So that was a wonderful release for me to have that support. So I went to med school, met my husband in a Bible study. He was in dental school at that time. And then we made plans to go overseas as missionaries after we were engaged. And then we went to, I went to residency. He went to medical school. I went to fellowship. He went to residency. (laughs) (laughs) He was also a dentist somewhere in there too, right? You guys are just a really impressive couple to talk to because I think that's so interesting. And I think it's interesting too. You told a story about you really had felt this calling to be a missionary and use your degrees for that. (laughs) So you basically told him that up front, right? I did. I did on the first date. Mm -hmm. I said, if, if this is not where you're headed, then maybe we shouldn't pursue this relationship any further. It was kind of an unusual first date. He said, that's great because it worked out. But also, it narrows the dating pool down significantly if you say that to people. so Right off the bat. Yeah, so it was good because we went into our marriage thinking and knowing that. And that was part of why I did triple board because we knew that we were going to be someplace where I didn't have lots of other people to ask and having some depth in the knowledge base for the medicine would be good. So... I did a combined residency, internal medicine and pediatrics. And then when I was done, I could have stopped at that point. So four years of college, four years of med school, four years of internal medicine, pediatrics residency. And then I could have finished at that point, but I just felt like I wasn't quite done. And I knew since we were going overseas that infectious disease would be probably a big deal. So I decided to do a fellowship. And then after that, then I was done and I was ready to have kids. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my goodness. It's exhausting to even hear. I'm like, wait, how many years is that? That's I'm crazy. old. Something no. I, there's so many themes to your life and the things you've shared with Christian and I already, but something even just from that much that you've shared that's interesting to me is even as you had this desire to keep, you know, going through the education system and wanting to learn more and wanting degrees, but you also still had this desire to be a mom. And I love that you were always really open handed with, okay, God, you've given me gifts and I'm going to just be really open to how you want me to use them. And I'm going to be okay with it not looking the way maybe society is saying, you know, I said this to you, I think before it's like a lot of people would maybe look at you and be like, you're crazy. You have all these degrees and you, you know, work two mornings a week, but you're getting to do what, you know, I think God has called you to do. And you get to do what you love in that. I just think it's kind of cool to hear and be, you know, think through your boldness in that and those decisions. So that's just a little side thing from your story. It works out well for me. But I did have, you know, I did have professors say that they were kind of put off by the fact that some of their students had gone on to be, you know, part-time physicians and said, you know, I wonder if we should have spent that much time investing in them had we known that they were not going to practice full-time. But I do think I'm a different kind of doctor. There are studies that show that part-time doctors, patients really like them, even though it's hard to get an appointment with them, they're happier. And so they tend to be doctors that have a lot of high patient satisfaction. Well, even in your willingness to to have these additional degrees to be able to go use that in a missionary field, it is really cool, too, that you were that missional-minded from day one. I just think it's really cool to think about. 
Yeah. And even, I mean, as we've previously talked to you, you even have the same theme of both and even in you and your husband's desire to be in the missionary field. So like take us through, obviously on your first date, you say, Hey, I feel called into this. I want to do this. Are you into this too? And he obviously says yes, because you guys are now married 24 years, which is amazing. But take us through your missionary journey. What did that look like while also doing residency? And like, what were all of those years like? You know, it's very dry to go through medical training and residency. And so they say the Christian Medical and Dental Society had a statistics once that said 100 medical students who want to go into missions overseas, only two will ever go and only one will ever stay. And part of the reason of that is that it's so dry and so difficult to maintain that vision and that that goal while you're in residency. So that was hard. We were really blessed with people who walked alongside us who had missions as their mindset as well and had a certain idea of how they were going to live their life. It's pretty easy once you start making money to incur some debt that will take you off of that path. So there are lots of ways and times when it could have it could have looked much different than it ended up looking. But we were blessed that God put things in our way that made it harder for us to veer off the path. So we finished, after we got married, between the two of us, well, it's hard to even count, but after we got married, we spent 11 more years in training. Once we finished, we had to pay off our loans, and we were blessed there with people who were helping us to pay off loans. So we had to pay off all of our medical school loans before we left, and we were able to do that very quickly because of this help and our own decision to pour all of our money in that particular goal. So we were about three years out of residency when we were ready to go, and we talked to the missions agency that we had been in contact with over the years, Cure International. And we went to Honduras, San Pedro Sula in 2011. That's awesome. And what type of work did you guys do there? We did medical things. So Jay is a hand and microvascular orthopedic surgeon. So he does reconstructive work. And that's mainly what he was going to do in Honduras. And then I would just help in whatever ways I can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even in that part of your story is that Honduras was not at the top of your list to go to. You know, that was not, you were like, no, I don't want to be a missionary there. I want to go to somewhere more exciting. Well, you had been on short-term trips in Africa, right? And you had really fallen in love, I'm guessing, with that. Yeah. And yeah, so that's Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, but you guys are there. And how long do you guys stay? What does that look like for your family? Because at this point, you guys have kids in Honduras, correct? Yeah. Right. We had three children under the age of seven. So we took them with us, of course. People always ask. Yeah, we we left in August of 2011 with the expectation that we would be there for another 30 years. We would spend our career there building relationships with other physicians in the country. We would love our neighbors. We would get to know our children's schoolmates' families. You know, the same kinds of things that we would do here along with being able to do this reconstructive surgery for children who were underserved for various reasons. And it was a surprise to us when we were back in 10 months, unexpected. But there were things that just didn't match up at the time, and we needed to be flexible. And so we came back to look for another another posting. So yeah, that was a big detour in our life, or we thought was a detour in our plans, but not God's, obviously. He knew all along. Yeah. No, I love that part of your story. Again, you know, as Christians, we live in this world that is really broken. And because of sin, it is not perfect. And there are a lot of things that just don't 
go right. And so I think that's cool. Part of your all story is you recognizing, you know, we really had this ideal of what our mission work was going to look like. We thought we'd be here for 30 years. And you've talked about stories you told us about Honduras was just really hard. You know, it was very, it was full of crime. You loving on other families that your girls were in school with did not look like what you thought it was going to be. You know, you spoke about being really lonely there because you're like, yeah, like we couldn't even go outside of our doors because it was so dangerous. But still, you guys kept on this path of, no, like we feel called to be doing this. But then you come back to the States after 10 months. So like, what did that look like? Where were you and Jay at emotionally when you came back? Obviously, you know, did you feel defeated? Were you excited? Were you hopeful? Where were you guys at kind of as a family at that point? With a new mission field of Columbia, Missouri. (laughs) No, we didn't even know that we were going to be here even at the time because we went back to Hershey where we had been Uh before. But when we left Honduras, yeah, we were surprised. We were a little bit shell-shocked and that was shaking, you know, not for our faith and not for calling because we still felt that God wanted us to be there. We felt like we had been faithful to what he called us to do, but the circumstances were not conducive to being there for 30 years. So we came back to look for other other places to be. And so we looked for a while. So in some ways there was hope, you know, of that, that, but I think that in the end, God showed us that we needed to stay and we had things that we needed to work on here. And he brought us to Columbia. And yeah, I think that it's all part of the story and it's continuing. Well, I love to, I think when we think about a mission field, it is kind of exciting. Like when we sat down with you for lunch one time and you told us about, you know, the mission field and some really cool stories. As a Christian, that sounds really exciting. And I do think there are people that are called and have to go do that, you know, and it can feel at times a lot less exciting or less cool or less impactful to be sitting in Columbia, Missouri and thinking about, okay, well, how do I just love my neighbors who look just like me and live just like me? You know, how do I, that's not as exciting, but sometimes I think that's even harder to live in a mission mindset just right where you are. And so I think it's cool to hear your story and see how you've really had to do the same thing, but it just looked really different. And maybe in some ways, it's been harder to do that here versus Honduras, where I'm sure there's other aspects like the safety and yeah, that. So I I just think that's really interesting that like sometimes the harder thing is just doing the daily thing that God has called us to do. And I don't know. I just think that's good for us to remember too. Mm -hmm, For sure. So now you guys are back here in Columbia, Missouri. You and your husband are both practicing physicians. So what does it look like? Obviously, you're moving now from working for all these degrees, going off working in the mission field, now being back in Columbia, Missouri. So what does it look like for you to like live out this mission in this like mission field of Columbia and with a family and just living a quote unquote kind of like normal life? What does that look like? I think it looks like holding loosely to my plans. I think someone asked me recently, a friend asked me what kind of plans I had for my future. You know, do I have the same kind of plans that I had when I was in my 20s? And she doesn't even know half the plans I had, you know, back Mm -hmm. then. So she's just asking us as a general question. But I told her that over the last 20 years, I have seen God's faithfulness in such different ways. At times, because my hands were tied and I couldn't do anything about a certain circumstance, The only choice I had was to wait, even though that's not what I would have chosen. I'm a doing person. I like to do homework. I like to plan things. I like to get things done. That is not me. But there were some circumstances in my life that arose where I I simply had to wait and wait for him to work. And what happened in the end was so much better than what I 
would have ever been able to plan, even had I had an opportunity to do that. And seeing that in my life has made me rest more and to realize that God is working for us all the time, that I don't need to work all the time. I've worked my whole life, you know, in some kind of way. But seeing him do those things. And I think, you know, just reading the Bible now and seeing different verses pop out to me and different themes pop out to me too, you know, like Sabbath is about, you know, trusting that God will be enough. You know, even if I don't work seven days a week, will he be able to provide for my family? Will my family starve or will my family suffer from that? If I don't have 100% of what I earn, if I tithe, you know, what will happen? And the Bible says, you know, that God will provide. Those are kind of situations in which that I'm learning to sit back and just wait and just rest in him. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. Talk to us about your parenting style. Your parenting is super intentional. <laughs> yeah, you, um, <laughs> yeah, it is. No, you have cool. these three girls and you talk to us about a lot of things. But now as you are a mom full time, but you are home most of the time with them or during the week, what does that look like for you? Or what's the, I don't know, like importance to you of parenting in such an intentional way? I love it. I actually, it doesn't seem very intentional to me. It may sound like it at times, but I, I really don't think it's very intentional. Well, you have to share about your gazette because that's what you call it, right? Yeah. Okay, because this is just something that I thought was so cool. I've never heard anything like this. Will you share a little bit about what you do with that? Sure. I think when Abigail was my oldest, and so when she was about four months old, I was very tired of doing the same thing every single day and every single week. It just seemed like... It was never ending. And I think everybody else feels the same way. And so I just started to write down what she did and what was different each week. And I added some pictures to it. It just It's not anything fancy. It's just kind of a Word document where each week I would just call through my pictures, which was good because otherwise I might have ended up with three million pictures instead of one million pictures. So I would call through them, pick the best ones, stick them into a Word document, and then write a little bit about each one. As a pediatrician, I was really interested in development. So I also added things about like what they did developmentally each each week, which was kind of interesting. And as I did that, it was really awesome to see but every week was not the same, you know, like there were new things that happened every single, every single day that I would not have caught had I not written that down. And it's sort of a gratitude journal because I could see the ways in which God provided like long term, long range, not just, you know, tomorrow and today, although those things happen too. Also wonderful things happen there. But if you had told me I had to do this every week for the next 17 years, I would never have done that. But because it's just sort of self-imposed goal and this desire to record and be the historian for my family, it's been really a joy. And I realize parents are keepers of their children's history in a way that, you know, no one else can ever be. And that's one of the really tragedies when you lose a parent is that you lose one of those people who carries your history. And so this is my way of carrying the history to my girls and also showing them how much I love them because I see them, you know, and maybe they won't realize it at this time, you know, how much I saw them. But maybe when they go back and when they're older and they read back through them, they'll say, oh, yeah, she really got me. She really saw me. And that's what that time was for. And that's what being home is about. I mean, it's really not about driving in the carpool, but really seeing your children and getting to know them. And I've been really blessed that way. It's hard to be a parent, though. I mean, it's much harder than going to work as a doctor, honestly. Moms have it really rough. They don't they don't get the pats it's a on big the back. Job. It's a big job. <laughs> that makes me so emotional because I think at the end of our lives as adults, I see so many hurting adults and I'm 
I look at them and I'm like, you, you know, most of us really have this deep desire just to be known and seen and loved. And so for your girls, I mean, guys, she has done this now for 17 years. We saw just like one week of it and it was very impressive. It's just so beautiful that I know for you, it just seems like a little simple thing now, but that you, yeah, do take that time to see the little mundane things of your day. And I, I would just think even you sharing it was good and cool for my faith to think about how those little mundane things in my day to day with my three-year-old add up and how you get to see God work in the smallest ways or the smallest growth in your children or in you as a mom. And so I just think it's such a cool idea that I just think it's amazing. And so it just shows God's faithfulness. I think it has this element of like reflecting, which scripture talks so much about is looking back at all that God has done and giving hope for what he'll do in the future. So I just think it's a really cool thing that she Mm -hmm. does. Mm -hmm. It's my Ebenezer. Yeah. Yeah. But but that, again, it's not a very intentional idea. I didn't start off thinking I'm going to do this, you know, monstrous thing, you know, which now it has ended up being fairly a monstrous pile of documents, but it happened sort of serendipitously and by God's grace. And so most of the things that happen in my parenting turn out that way. It's not because I, I've read exactly one parenting book in my life. So it's not because I sit and I think about these things, but God brings them to mind. Just like the, I think I told you about the missions book the windows on the world, the kids operation world. So I recently found that book in the pile of, you know, millions of books that we have at our house. And we started to look at it and said, oh, this is really cool. We can pray for a different country every every day. And, yeah. and Charlotte loves it. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that's so cool because even as you say, like, I don't think my parenting style is super intentional, even in, as you say, like, I'm a goer and I'm a doer and I worked all of my life for so many things and I'm now just learning what my faith looks like as I rest. I think that's what's so cool, though, is like you are a person who's like chased all these things, but even in what you have considered rest, you are doing something that is such a gift and like God is showing his faithfulness in you just recording your day to day and you have found such gift in recognizing like what what he has given to you and your family and just the blessings that you guys get to experience, but then also that you then get to like pass on to your children. And so I just think that's an awesome way that you have stewarded the title of being a mom and resting in just like who Christ says you are and your family is. So that's really cool. Yeah, I think so. Looking back on all this life you've lived, I mean, I think hearing your story, I almost feel like you've lived three different lives. I don't know if you feel that way about when oh, you yeah. reflect, <laughs> but your med school and your degrees, and I mean, going to Princeton and then, you know, being this missionary and now just raising your kids. I say just raising your kids as we already have established that that's probably the most difficult job of them all. <laughs> yeah. But if you could go back to, yourself in your 20s what would you say to that girl what would you kind of how would you encourage her what would you tell her I think just be flexible you know life is going to be like a bunch of leaves blowing around you and you'll catch like five of them as they go by but you know look for the ones that you really want to catch catch those ones and just go with it and they might not be what you thought you were going to catch you know but each one becomes wonderful if you're looking to be grateful and trying to see how God works. I mean, I think even just talking to you, I realized, you know, the Gazette is my way of resting and just watching what God has done in our family, you know, not just doing, but just recording God's faithfulness. And so some of it is just, I think I would like to just be able to rest more. You know, I think I I spent a lot of time working and I, I would love to rest more. Yeah. That's a really cool picture with the leaves. Beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with us and just sharing all that you, your wisdom and just the lessons you've learned. I know I personally have grown a lot and just learned a lot from what you've said. So we really appreciate you spending time with us. Yes. Thank you. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Thank you.